So to start, I don't really know where to start. I'm, I'm really anxious and excited to get this going. Um, but I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to do it. Uh, so I, I feel like mm, maybe structure is important, but I don't know that it's going to be super structured to begin with. So bear with me. This is going to be a journey that you and I can go on together. <laughs> Hopefully that's okay. Hopefully you're here for that. Um, but there are some things I think that uh, I can start with just me. Um, because I think that it's going to be key that in having these deeper conversations where we're going to be getting vulnerable to maybe have some, some background information on me. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you may know something about me, but I'm, I'm going to give some, some background information here that you may or may not already know about me. To begin with, my name is Ruth. Ivan Gonzalez Nielstein. <laughs> um, I was born and raised in Orem, Utah, one of five children, smack in the middle. My parents emigrated to the U.S. from Mexico in 1988, and we've been here since. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or what we casually call Mormons. <laughs> I was born into it. My parents both converted in their youth. Um, until I was nine years old, I attended Sharon Elementary in Orem. And if you're familiar with the area, um, I'd imagine even more so now, but at that time, it was more densely populated with the Latinx community. And it wasn't until we moved to another part of Orem and I attended a different elementary school, Bonneville Elementary School. <laughs> it wasn't until then that I realized that I was different. And it wasn't that I ever thought that I was white. It was just that until, until that point, I had never realized that being brown meant what it meant to other people. Um, and I don't think I could put my finger on it at the time, you know, being a nine-year-old. I was in fourth grade. Um, but there was definitely immediately a different, a different sense, a different vibe um, that now I can look back on and think was due to the fact that I was used to having an even mixture of Latinx and white friends. But at this new school, I was hard-pressed to find other Latinx kids. And I can also look back now and realize that at nine years old, I picked up really quickly on what it was to assimilate, what it was to try to blend in. I tried really hard to just be like everybody else because my first year at that school was essentially friendless. At one point, I made friends with a, another Latina who moved in later in the year. But before that, I didn't really have friends. And that was hard. And that year that I started at Bonneville, there was one other new kid in my class. And she's white. Um, 
And from my perspective, it seemed like everybody right away wanted to be her friend while I was left to my own devices, you know? And I have never really thought about it until this exact moment, but I think that's maybe why I was so determined to become her friend because of how I perceived other people to be treating her. Eventually, she and I did become friends. And the following year, I took it to a level <laughs> that was pretty unhealthy now that I think about it. But I was like obsessed with being just like her uh, to the point that I got glasses that year and I picked ones that looked like hers. I played it off as a best friends thing, but I remember begging my mom for items of clothing that I knew that she had. Um, and a lot of time it was more money than my mom wanted to spend on a sweater or a duster as they were called. But I tried so hard to be exactly like her. I wanted to be exactly like her because she had all of the things that I thought I should want. And that was kind of the beginning of my desperate attempt to fit in. And it lasted until I was in ninth grade when I uh, started to care a little less about what people thought or about doing what was cool or what was in. And I got back to caring about the things that I'd cared about before my big move to a whiter school. But it was really from that moment at nine years old that I became more accustomed to having mainly white friends. And I became a little bit more aware of it through junior high, but there were still so many pieces to the puzzle that I didn't have that I was confused and didn't know exactly how or what to make of the experiences that I was having. Um, on multiple occasions, I would make friends with um, other Latina girls in my class. But upon finding out that I was friends with majority white kids, they would kind of fade into the background and not really have tons to do with me anymore. And I never really questioned that just because I figured like, oh, you know, they got to know me better and didn't like me. And in ninth grade, I had an experience that kind of pushed me even further away from trying to befriend other Latinas. A family friend that I'd known since I was little, but they had moved away, moved back to our area. Um, and she invited me to be part of her court at her quinceañera. And I didn't know anybody else in in the group. I'd go to the practices, I think, once a week for like a month. And the only person who would talk to me there was uh, this girl's brother. And it wasn't just that they didn't talk to me. It was that they would form their little circle, their little group and talk to each other and kind of side-eye me the whole time. And it made me super, super uncomfortable. So from that experience to being accused of trying to be white because of my membership in the LDS church, to being asked if I'm half Mexican because I seem more white than Latina, to having my accent in Spanish made fun of or you know, any number of things, I, I gained a complex about myself and also a discomfort in being with other Latinx people because I felt like I was always somewhere in the middle. 
trying to prove myself too white for the brown kids and too brown for the white kids. And this manifested itself in church situations too. The grand majority of my life, I've attended LDS wards, no qualifier. Um, when I was very, very young, I think before I was even two years old, my family attended a Spanish-speaking branch, but very shortly after stopped attending and went back to a quote-unquote regular ward. And if you're doubting that there's any white supremacy within the church, just lean on the fact that I'm having to refer to a non-Spanish-speaking ward as the regular ward because that's how we treat them, that the the non-language specific wards are the default and everything else needs to be put in its own category. Just, just put a pin in that. But when we lived in the Sharon area, I don't remember enough about attending church there to have a clear recollection of if there was more diversity there. I think there was some, but it wasn't enough to impact me. And I also think I was maybe just too young to really get any of that. When we moved across the street from Bonneville, it was like a whole other world. Almost the entire time from nine to well, 22 that I lived at my parents' house. We were the only Latino family attending the ward. From what I remember, there were two Polynesian families also attending the ward. And later in, in my teens, um, one Asian family. And we were the diversity representatives in that ward. Everyone else was white. So in my church experience meetings I was attending more than one time a week. It was me and white kids. And that was my normal. And I think I failed to mention in that quinceañera story earlier that the girls she chose for her court were from her Spanish-speaking ward. And I'll probably never know the real reason why they chose not to be friendly to me in that situation. But at the time, I, I attributed it to not being part of their church clique and that really hurt my feelings because at school, I was constantly hearing from Latino kids that I was trying to be white by being a member of the LDS church. But here were other Latinas who were members of the church. I thought they would understand, but instead I felt shunned. And this is something that I'm still very recently trying to come to terms with. A lot of these things that I've just explained, I hadn't really put into this context until, you know, the last year or so. And to say it very frankly, I think about it now and the only thing I can say really is that I think it was easier for me to be friends with white people, you know, for a number of reasons. A, white people are just way more accessible in this area. B, I didn't feel the judgment or the pressure to be a specific way around them that I felt with Latinx people, which to be fair, you know, might have been more on me than on them at that point, but I, I don't know. And C, that even my white friends were affirming to me that I was neither here nor there. 
because I was friends with mostly white kids, I would hear a lot like of talk, the same kind of talk that we hear now, like, oh my gosh, I hate Mexicans. And then, you know, I turn and say, well, I'm Mexican. And they say, oh, but not you. We don't mean you. Like you're one of the good ones. And that, that did something to me. That did something to my head. I don't think that I ever really thought that I was better than other Latinx people. It was just another confirmation to me that I was not the same, that I didn't fit in. And I'm, I'm feeling kind of emotional about it right now. And I, you know, I've always had like not great feelings about it. I don't think that I've ever until this moment when I'm thinking about it really felt the emotional toll or allowed myself to feel that. And to be honest, I, I couldn't really even tell you like why I'm crying right now, but I just, I don't know. There's, there's something there. And I never really thought about if I was my white friend's only non-white friend. Um, and I'm sure like me, you know, they have brown acquaintances, but I think I might be for a lot of them in a close friends kind of way. And. I don't know, it just has sucked because this year has been really, really hard. And I know that it's been really hard on everybody, but I've never felt more alone than I have in the last year because I have surrounded myself with wonderful people. Wonderful people. But... As wonderful as they are, they still don't fully understand where I'm coming from. They just don't have that background knowledge. And it's a lot of emotional labor to try and explain that all to them. And not that I'm unwilling to do it, but it's a lot. And there's still a lot that I'm... I'm trying to work out for myself and in conversation is where I, where a lot of these things really start to come out. Like even now I'm just talking to myself and I'm coming to realizations, but I feel like a lot of those realizations I'm not able to have when I'm talking to my white friends because uh, I'm too busy trying to explain everything about myself and my perspective to them. And white friends, if you're here listening, which I hope you are, don't take it personally. It's, it's not about you. That's why I need this podcast. That's why we need this podcast. Because if I can have the conversations that I feel like I need to be having with other people who have more of that shared perspective, that much 
that much more of the emotional load is taken off of my shoulders. But you can still be here to learn from it and to hear about it and to listen. And I think that's going to be key to moving forward. So there you have it. Um, the big why behind all of this and some pieces of my past and present that might give you some insight into how and why I want to be doing this. Um, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for being open, for being willing. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we see you here again. Hear you here again? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Well, you bye.